Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Today I'm very delighted to welcome Amal Russell to the 301 Podcast. He's a creative, a presenter, and reporter. Well, normally you are the one that asks the question. Yes. Uh, today is differently. How does it feel? It feels weird. I mean, we just started, but I think I have to get used to it a little bit. I'm a little bit more nervous than I usually are, actually, because usually I'm asking the questions, like you said, but I feel good. So I'm curious if you can hold back or if you have to constantly have to interrupt you, you know, that to take over the conversation. <laughs> we'll see. So I'll try to um, hold it in a little bit. Exactly. And before <laughs> we get into all that, uh, maybe you can introduce yourself quickly, who you are and what you do. Yeah, I am Amal Russell, like you said, um, and I'm actually still studying, but I'm also starting my career um, as a presenter and as a reporter. Um, and I used to intern at Ongopswart, and now I'm freelancing. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. Super cool. Um, I read somewhere in my uh, preparations um, a pretty interesting sentence about you. Uh, you said, the most important things in my life are fashion, Beyonce, And my family. Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> Would your fam family agree on this priority list? Um, I mean, I think so. I think I'm really close with my family. So I think family is important to all of us, I think. Um, and fashion, yeah, that's something that's always been that something. Fashion is something that I've always been very interested in. Um, and Beyonce, yeah, I don't need to ever further explain that. I don't even need Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, why, let's start at the beginning, because uh, fashion, like why, when did it initially start that you became interested in fashion? When was the, the, the moment? Can you still remember that? You yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily remember a moment, but I do, because I grew up feeling kind of different than a lot of people around me. I grew up in a relatively white environment. I'm black myself, I'm Surinamese, um, and I'm also queer. And I, as a child, obviously I wasn't really aware of my sexuality yet, but I always was a bit more feminine than other boys around me. Um, so I think that made me a little bit shy as a kid, um, maybe a little bit insecure at times. But at a certain age, I would say maybe around like 11, um, I got into fashion and I um, and I dressed a bit different than I think than people around me. And I, that's what I realized that there's also a lot of power in being different. And if mm. I wear being different confidently and I express and I embrace being different and I dress myself in the way that I want to dress myself and I use fashion to express myself, then um, I realized that gained me a lot of confidence. I gained confidence by expressing myself through fashion. So I think from that moment on, fashion has always been kind of my comfort blanket a little bit. Like mm. I feel um, best when I when I'm well dressed. Yeah. And you are well dressed <laughs> Thank today. You very much. And and uh, because because I find it also um, quite interesting, right? If you like dress to impress and all, all those kind of things, that you can really also make a statement without saying much with like the the clothing that you wear and like uh, giving like um, yeah notions and directions for people as well around you, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it also, I think I carry myself differently if I feel like um, I my outfit is good and I think it um, sets this tone a little bit. And I think it also makes me feel a bit more safe. It makes me feel less vulnerable if I feel like 
I'm confident in the way that I trust. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, Beyonce, we don't really have to discuss. You said uh, I mean, Beyonce. I can. I can always talk about Beyonce <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> There's no question, but I think people can Google that. Yeah. Um, why she's so amazing. Um, but uh, I mean, one one question, of course, which was more like jokingly, like Beyonce before your family is. <laughs> like, I, I think your mom will be really hurt. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, Beyonce, I've been a fan of her since I was like, five years old maybe even younger actually i literally don't remember the moment i became a fan of fiance she has always been a constant factor in my life like she almost feels like family which sounds weird but she's just always been there my whole life and she inspires me a lot and she also gives me a lot of confidence actually through her music and through her art so she's always up there with my family yeah that's amazing <laughs> So Beyonce Russell, it's a part of part of the family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, what what does family mean to you? I mean, you said it's quite important, but like, um, are you really a, a family person? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've always growing up felt a little bit different than people around me, which can be challenging at times. But uh, family was always the constant, you know, the, the 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 place that I felt most myself and most at home. And because that is so constant, the family has always been so constant in my life, um, just life feels a little bit scary if mm. I'm with family, you know? Like life can be so, there can be ups and it can be downs and cha things change and friends maybe change or, or you move, but family will always be there. So that's uh, something that I, I rely on very much, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Be beautiful words also. <laughs> and <laughs> and you. if and if you go back a little bit in time, like how was uh, growing up for you? Because I mean, you mentioned it like uh, you are like a, a person of color, you are, you are queer, like mm -hmm. uh, you are in a, in a lot of um, probably minorities when, mm -hmm. when it comes to like also growing up. So how was growing up for you? When I think of my childhood, I think about it very positively, actually. Um, I think I've been, like you said, I'm maybe a minority in, 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 in several ways. I'm a person of color. I'm also queer, but I guess I've been very lucky that I've been surrounded by people who really, um, respected me, respect me and, and accepted me for who I am. Um, and I think that goes back to family, what we just talked about. Um, that it doesn't really matter if people don't really accept me for mm. my sexuality or who I, how I carry myself because family was always there and I've been always very close with them. So I think that made me feel very safe. Um, but I think I've also been lucky um, with my environment beyond my family, to be honest. I think I've always been surrounded by very good friends and growing up, they were mostly white friends mm. because um, at my elementary school, there were, I was one of the only black kids. Um, but even though I maybe look different than them, I think they've always also respected and accepted me. And that goes for my sexuality as well. Um, um, so, and then of course there have been maybe instances where I felt a little bit left out or a little bit different, but in general, I've been very lucky with the people around me. That's yeah. amazing. It's also like a, in the end, still quite rare, I think, because I think a lot of times in yeah, and the, the, the upbringing, the youth, when you're like maybe confused about your sexuality mm -hmm. and about maybe um, like where you belong or, or to who you belong or to what you are attracted to. It can be quite confusing as well when you have like uh, maybe not such a stable friends group who are influencing you like in, in one way or another. So Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that it wasn't confusing for me. I mean, it was definitely confusing at times um, um, because even though I felt respected and accepted by the people around me, um, before I realized myself, you know, what my sexuality was and why I felt different, um, that struggle that, or the journey to, um, to find who you really are 
that was quite alone. That was like a journey that I really went through on my own. Mm. Um, so that was definitely a challenge. I think when you're growing up, for everyone, it can be confusing. Like, who do I belong to? Um, who am I? Mm. And there was definitely a question that was heavily on my mind because I've always felt so different. Um, and when you're young, you don't really know why. You're just kids and you're... Um, and as you grow older, you start to realize more things and you start to realize, you know, um, that people's sexualities can be different, that people's gender identities can be different, that people's ethnicities can be different and that, you know, people come from different cultures and people have different opinions. Um, so that journey was definitely... Um, yeah, something Lonely that went times, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and was confusing at times. But yeah, I think that's what also actually made me love media so much. I think maybe we'll get to that later, but um, I think I'm relied on media a lot to um, in that journey or in that search to to find who I am um, because I couldn't really relate to the people in my environment. Um, I could relate to some people on, on a certain ways, certain levels, but not there was no one really around me who fully completely understood who I am or, or, or who I belong to. Hmm. So I find that on the internet, actually, I think there are a lot of YouTubers and like, especially like American YouTubers, like Kingsley or Anthony that I could relate to. And I, and they just talked about certain things. I mentioned Beyonce earlier in this video in earlier in this conversation. Um, but there are boys who look like me who are also Beyonce fans, which sounds like, such a small thing, but meant a lot for me because there just wasn't anything, there wasn't anyone like me in my environment. So I found that on the internet and uh, with YouTubers and uh, yeah. So I think that's why I, when I found that, uh, that's why, that's when I realized that there's a lot of value in having people to look up to you mm. in media. Like identification figures in the end, right? Exactly. That you can identify with uh, and like a representation of like who you are and what you believe in. in yeah, the yeah. Or like role models is maybe the term that I'm looking for. Um, that it is so important to have that in media so that people don't really feel alone. I think that really helped me, especially during puberty. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And when was like then the time for you that you, because you say, you said that in the beginning you were quite shy. Um, I mean knowing you for a couple of minutes i would <laughs> i would not say that you're shy and you're also like quite uh, like maybe no more extrovert mm -hmm. like was there then like just a, a switch that flipped or was it just kind of this whole development that you that you yeah, encountered in your in your youth that's a good question i thought about that lately because i um i was in therapy like a few like a year ago and i just you know really thought back of my childhood and 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 what has led me to who i am today and I, that's when I, that's because I kind of forgot that I was shy as a child, to mm. be honest. And that's when I realized, oh yeah, I was really shy as a child, but I don't really know when I stopped being shy. <laughs> I think it was just like a development. Um, I think as I discovered more and more about myself and as I understood myself better, um, I could carry myself with more confidence and that, um, and the more I understood myself, the less vulnerable I felt. So that's shy I became, I think. I think maybe around the age of, maybe actually around the same time that I started discovering fashion, I um, became less shy, I think. Yeah. <laughs>
I mean, I read somewhere that um, uh, the, the topic that we kind of like cut on it a, a little bit already is um, representation, role models. Um, was this then clear for you that you want to study communications to, to go into the media and then maybe become this role model for others? Was this kind of like this predetermined like calling or what was, what was the reason for studying communications? Mm, well, being a role model, that came way later, pretty recently, actually, maybe a few months ago. Actually, first I wanted to do something in fashion. I think when I, you know, had to choose, choose a career, but I also, um, have always been very interested in media. And I think around that time where I discovered the importance of role models and we discovered the importance of representation in media, I became interested in it, but I don't know that I, I don't think I wanted to necessarily do that professionally, but media has something that as media has always been something that interested me very much. I felt like I had more interested I had more interest than just fashion so I explored and I thought to myself okay what else am I interested in and then media was a very obvious choice when I thought about that I was like oh yeah of course it's media because that kind of brings it all together for me because I wanted to do something important I wanted to do something that that I thought was fun and I thought and then I wanted to do something a bit creative as well um but also something valuable hmm. and media has all those things for me. Um, So yeah, when I choose communication science, that felt very obvious because I felt like, okay, I can get to be a bit creative. I get to do something that I'm interested in. And if I'm not, you know, because communications and media is so broad, of course, there's so many things you can do in media. I wasn't sure at all what I wanted to do in media yet. Um, So if I, so I thought to myself, okay, if I choose communication, then I can, do all kinds of things. I can still go into fashion if I want to. I can do like PR functions or or something, mm. but I also can, you know, really create media or do something else within communication. So that felt really obvious. It's quite amazing. And I mean, um, of, I think you maybe started a little bit this kind of quest of going into communication, like seeking for role models and representation and all those kind of uh, things. Uh, we are now a couple of years further. Um, like, did did something change already that like, do you already feel that there is more representation that there are more role, role models out there no i think yeah definitely i think the feeling that i had growing up and still have and that i felt like there was a lack of representation in media i think a lot of people especially for my generation have that um and i think with the rise of social media more people are able to very easily express themselves um so as we shift, I think we're all, the whole world is shifting from traditional media to more online media and to more, maybe the importance of social media is increasing. Um, naturally, there are more role models now because everyone gets to be a role model. Like if you want to have a stage, you can just take the stage if you want to. You can go viral on TikTok very easily nowadays. Um, so I think that because there are so many more people in media, and for me, media includes social media. Um, everyone gets to have a role model because there are so many people online. And even if there's people with only, quote unquote, only um, 100 followers, that person can still be a role model, you know? Mm-hmm. So even if there's someone who just has one follower, actually, they can still be a role model for that one person. Um, so I think with the rise of social media... Role model, role models, and representation uh, come 
kind of naturally, more naturally now. Hmm. So I think that's really beautiful. But I also think with the shift of social media and of with the shift of how we think as a whole society now or with the zeitgeist maybe a little bit changing, um, I think people value representation in general. I think people value diversity in general more now than maybe a few years ago. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, something is definitely changing. I don't think I'm the only one who is, who is on this quest right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't feel alone in that. No, but I also think so. I mean, I think there are a lot more subgroups, right? Because they, you have also so much more media. So you have like, uh, yeah, you have YouTube, you have TikTok, you have Instagram, you have um, Be Real, you have um, podcasts and, and all those kind of different media that I think everyone can kind of find their little niche and their little um, thing that they're interested in and feel kind of like, oh, this is, you know, like the same kind of crazy people that, that I am, you know? And, uh, and it's not always kind of like, only focused on um, like uh, the ethnicity or uh, like the, the sexuality or anything, but it can also be like subtopics, right? On exactly. like uh, hobbies or whatever. like crochet and you yeah, can get yeah. into your little crochet community on TikTok or something. Exactly, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And and if, if you look at the negative side, like what are you still missing in the media landscape in terms of like representation, role models? Maybe not so t so much in terms of role models, but more... But definitely in terms of diversity, I think what I realized because I, um, um, as I started working in media or started interning actually in media, I realized how much um, of traditional media is still made by a very homogeneous group of people. Um, and that surprised me a little bit. I think, yes, you see more diversity on screen, but I don't think that always translate so much behind the scenes. So I think that's still something that um, we have to work on. There's a lot mm. of work to do. Um, yeah, especially with like the establishment in, in media. Um, so I think that's definitely something um, where there's a lot of work left. There are a couple of also big organizations like Disney or um, I'm, I'm not sure um, who is behind uh, Little Mermaid, but Disney, yes. it's both Disney, right? That work on like, um, uh, yeah, representation, diversity more mm -hmm. with Encanto and uh, Little Mermaid. How do you see like th those kind of developments? Do you think this is more like some cultural greenwashing maybe? Or do you really see it as like, those are the right steps of, you know, kind of like, teaching already very early uh, children of like, hey, a little princess can also um, be, be the same ethnicity that I am. Yeah. Yeah. I don't honestly don't really mind what their motivation is, to be honest. For example, Disney, a lot of people say like, oh yeah, you're just doing that now to be popular. And I think, you know, um, when Black Panther, the first Black Panther movie came out, like, it became hugely popular. And so a lot of people in entertainment started to casting, started to cast black people a lot in their movies. Um, so people are critiquing them now, like, oh, you're just knowing now because it's popular, but I don't really mind that, to be honest. I mean, no. if that's what it takes and that's, I'm okay with that. I mean, I would love to have a black um, little mermaid growing up. So I'm just really glad for the people who are growing up now um, that they get to have that. And I think um, I just finished Young Royals, which is um, um, a TV show on Netflix with like these two, boys in high school who fall in love and I would have loved that when I was in, when I was in high school. So I just, I don't really mind what their motivation is, mm. to be honest. Um, 
I'm just glad that we have a little bit more representation now and that people who are a bit different than the norm or who don't really feel like they belong anywhere or, or that they are confused because they are so different than the people around them that they get to watch movies and, and see themselves a bit more. I, yeah, I really love that. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Right after you uh, finished your your um, study, you uh, joined Umrup Swart as an as an intern, mm-hmm. um, and I would like to talk a little bit about this because I do think it's quite um, interesting that you choose to, or chose to to work there. Um, yeah, like what were your motivations, and maybe you can also say for everyone who doesn't know what Umrup Swart is, what they are what they are doing. Like I said in the beginning, when I chose communication science, I didn't really know what exactly I wanted to do with my career. I didn't really, I knew that I liked media, but I wasn't really sure what my role was going to be. And as I was doing it, I also really felt a big urge that I wanted to do something that mattered and something important, something that was important to me, but also wanted to do something, like I said, something that's fun, that I thought was fun. Um, And so I didn't really know how to do that and how to combine that. I also just wasn't really sure, honestly, of my, my own talents or my, what my own qualities were. Mm. Um, but then Umrup Swart announced themselves, I think in the summer of 2020. And immediately I felt like, okay, I think this is it for me. Like I just saw they, cause they did a campaign. First of all, let me explain what Umrup Swart is for people who don't know. They are the first intrinsic, intrinsically inclusive broadcaster in the Netherlands and the first black owned public broadcaster in the Netherlands. Their core values are representation and diversity on screen, but also behind the screen. Um, And when they announced themselves, when they just got started, they did a campaign with a lot of Dutch celebrities um, on on Instagram. And so I opened and, and all these Dutch celebrities posted a photo with Wakker, which means awake. Um, so there was like a storm of all these people, celebrities and influencers posting the same picture. So I was just opening my Instagram and I saw all these pictures and uh, there was just like a little explanation of what Umbu Sword was. And immediately I felt like, okay, I love this idea. That was my first thought. And my second thought was, okay, I want to be a part of this somehow because it just made so much sense for me to be a part of it because I felt like everything that I wanted was combined in that one organization, even though I didn't know a lot about them yet. Um, so I just, from that moment on, until I started my internship, I was like, okay, how can I be a part of this? And then I had to do an internship and then I just immediately applied because I just knew I wanted to be a part of that. And actually that was the only internship I applied for, which is not a very smart choice, to be honest. I mean, looking back at it, it was because I <laughs> I got the internship, but most people have a plan B, but I just really wanted to intern there. Um, and luckily I got the position. I got to intern. I was um, the, what was my title again? Creative assistant. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I was a creative assistant, which I also really liked because um, then I, you know, got to do all kinds of different things. And they just got started when I, when I started my internship. Um, so it was still very small and still is actually a very small organization. Um, so there was a lot of room for me to grow, but I could grow with them and we could discover things together. And, um, um, so yeah, that was for me really the ideal place to really explore what I wanted to do, but also help them as much as I could to, to succeed and, and, Mm. and really, yeah, also add something to that. I think that's also 
nice that it was a company that I could actually add something to because it wasn't yet a very big establishment. And you also grew quite quickly, right? I mean, um, I think you were there a couple of months mm -hmm. and then uh, you had your first TV program with uh, Podium Smart. I think that was in general the first TV program of uh, Omrup Smart, right? Podium exactly. Smart. Um, and yeah, you were there basically in the mix. Like how, how, how did that feel to f for you? Like to, to be on TV and yeah. to, to interview the people. That was kind of crazy because like I said, I was hired as a creative assistant. So it was, I was supposed to just work behind the scenes. And then, um, we worked on our first television program, which was indeed Podium Smart, which is a music program. Um, and we were looking for someone, um, we were looking for, for a reporter because we had two uh, hosts, Veronica van Hoogtalem and Glenn Faria, who are amazing hosts. Um, but we also wanted someone who could visit artists at their concerts instead of just interviewing the artists that are, the, instead of just interviewing the artists that come to the studio. Um, and then the idea came, Amal, do you maybe want to do that? And I, first I didn't really take it that seriously. If I was like, okay, I, I mean, I can't do that. I'm just like an intern. And they're like, yeah, we really want you to do this. Um, so I did, <laughs> which is, which is, yeah, which was felt very surreal. I mean, didn't really have any experience, um, in front of a camera, but I very soon found out that I just liked it a really lot. I really liked talking to people and I really liked, I, I really liked telling stories and I really liked talking to people. And I also found out that I, that it came kind of naturally to me. So yeah, so on one hand, it felt very surreal and very, oh my God, what did I get myself into? I mean, mm. I got kind of thrown into the deep, <laughs> like they say. Um, so that felt very crazy and overwhelming at times for sure. But it also felt kind of like I was supposed to do that. Like it also felt very natural and very, um, not necessarily easy, but it, even though it, I feel like it should have felt very overwhelming mm. for some reason, it wasn't really because I also feel like, um, I got guided really well and, and, and the people that we make the program with not just almost far, but also hers who produce the, the TV show. Um, and they guided me very well through all of it. Um, so yeah, it felt just really nice. And it's also just found out that I, that was something that I really liked doing. Um, so that made it a bit easier as well. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's quite like, yeah, shows a lot of, uh, uh, how much courage we actually have to, to do that because I, I'm not sure if many interns would have accept because accepted it because it would have been very easy to just say like, no guys, I'm just an intern. I want to stay behind the scenes. And I think a lot of times like those chances, you know, come, come at you and, like you're, you seem really to be a person of like, um, seeking also those opportunities. Right. And, uh, yeah, some people will say, well, he had luck that he was there, but yeah, then you can discuss what is luck. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's quite amazing. But was it like really out of your comfort zone that you felt like, um, okay, this is something that, uh, you know, uh, I, I used to be this shy, uh, little Amal and now I'm like, uh, on, on TV and on NPO three and, uh, interviewing like, uh, very famous artists and celebrities like do you ever get nervous i did get nervous but it didn't it didn't feel that much out of my comfort zone for some reason and i still really haven't figured out why that was 
because I haven't really done it before, but it just didn't really, it still felt to a certain extent in my comfort zone. And yes, of course I do get nervous because I had never done it before. And I think interviewing people, you probably know that very well, is kind of an art in itself. Um, um, there's techniques and there's there's ways to do that well. And, and you can, even though you might be comfortable in front of a camera, um, it's still the techniques of, of interviewing someone is not something that's easy. So of course I did get nervous. I still get nervous actually. Um, but usually that kind of goes away as I'm doing it. I think those nerves come right before I start and maybe in the first few minutes. I genuinely really like talking to people. So when I'm doing that, it's those nerves kind of go away a little bit. Do you have any tips like how to kind of deal with that stage fright or is it just like a learning by doing? Oh, this kind of sounds very, very cliche, but <laughs> I think it's important to believe in yourself, which is, is sounds kind of like, okay, of course you're saying that, but um, once, the car, once the camera starts rolling, um, there's not really much, there's not really more that you can do that other than just doing it. Um, and the thing is, we talk to people all the time, right? So that's not really a big difference between talking to someone off or on camera. Mm. Um, so that and just doing it. Um, and also, an advice that a lot of people gave me is that not to take myself so seriously in the beginning because I think in the beginning I just wanted to do everything very well and I was like okay I need to do this very well like it's the first TV show of almost wars and there's so much pressure um but then everyone said to me like there's no failing here you know like you're Amal you just start doing this which is nice um and which of course it would be amazing if you're doing it amazingly and there's no mistakes um, but it's also fine if you just show just who you are and be yourself because that translates to the screen. Um, and I, and I think that's really what has stuck to me because I do feel like, um, people who I interview appreciate that as well. If I try to be someone that I'm not, or if I try to, you know, if I think I have to be a certain way and if that's the way that I present myself, you're going to see that the people who you talk to are going to see that, but also people at home watching are going to see that. So I think if you're just yourself, then there's not, not really anything that can go wrong because you're just talking, you mm -hmm. know, and and that works, I think. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I guess, a lot of practice and watching yourself back, um, which can be a little bit cringy at times. <laughs> I don't really always love seeing myself um, because there's always things that you wish you've done differently or that could have gone better. Um, but I think it's important to, to, to watch myself back and see, um, what I could have done different and then try to approve that the next time. Mostly people don't really realize what you do. It's more like what, what you realize, right? Like you realize, uh, oh, I say this word a lot, or I say uh, a lot, or I, <laughs> I don't know, I move my cheek this way. But then when other people look at it, they don't, they're not even focused on that because it's, it's not like a. I don't know, a 10 hour clip from you. It's just like a clipping or something like this, maybe two or three minutes. And they don't even realize like what kind of weird things that, that you do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think I still have to learn that because I can still definitely be a little bit critical when I see myself like, <laughs> oh shit, that's like kind of annoying that like, you always do this or like you move so much with your hands. Like people are going to be so annoyed at that or like, 
you know, I don't feel like I don't really articulate very well. So I think that's always something like, oh my God, no one can, under- no one can understand what you're saying. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I'm still learning it. And I, I also can't expect myself to do everything perfectly because I'm, I'm just getting started to be honest. Like, even though I'm on TV, this is, I'm still very new to this. Um, so I think I just have to accept that as well. Like, okay, it's totally fine to not be perfect. Do you sometimes have to kind of um, give yourself like a wake up call of like how fast you've moved basically from I'm a I'm in my youth I need more representation in the media and kind of like moving up and all of a sudden being on TV and kind of being this role model that you maybe wished someone would have been for you at the time like is it hard yeah. for you to to reconcile like how fast it it, it went. Yeah, it is, it is kind of weird, especially when I think of how fast it all went because I started my internship in March and I was on TV in May. We started taping it, I think, in April. <laughs> so I think it went very fast. And then when I got done with my inter- internship in August, we started filming the second season in September. So everything went very, very fast. Um, and... You just called me road mode model. I don't. I don't think I see myself that way yet. Um, but definitely, there's some moments when I, I don't know people come up to me and 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 like thank me for what I do or t- tell me how much they like the show or you know um, or even you asking me to be on this podcast. Those are definitely the moments where I'm like, okay, people see what I do and people. It's not just something that I do. Like it's something that actually impacts. In, has a little bit of impact mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah that's I still kind of need to find a way to wrap my head around that i think when would you see yourself as a role model like what is kind of like the status like what are kind of the badges that you still need to earn to be a role model from your perspective it's just when did you, you just said that word I, th- i think i just had never seen myself in that way consciously but i guess when i look back at i think the definition of a role model is to be someone um, that people kind of go for, for inspiration, right? Or or kind of someone that impacts them in, in one way or, or another. Um, I don't know if I have that done yet, if I have yeah. done that yet. I mean, I, I, I try to, um, but I don't think I have done anything that's very influence, influential yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, um, yeah. <clears throat> I understand you're just getting started, but I think this is sometimes also a little bit like a, a problem with our generation that it it only counts if you if you touched millions of people and if if you have like the biggest reach or something like this. But sometimes it's much smaller, right? It's like this uh, maybe little girl um, seeing like a, I don't know a, a, a black uh, Ariel or something like this mm-hmm. that can determine like a, a whole life just because of like a yeah, representation or role model or identification figure that she that she can see. And I'm pretty sure that you are this for someone else right now, you know, and if it's like one person, then it's already enough, Um, which is also, yeah, I think that this is a little bit also like our generation that always tries to like, you're not famous until you're an influencer or verified on on Instagram or something Mm -hmm. like this. No, that's very true. Yeah. And I think when I am now just thinking back at like what other people have told me or like strangers that have come up to me. I guess I could um, call myself a role model then a little bit. <laughs> that's going to be the, that's gonna be the episode title. Amal Russell, the role model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I try my best. Um, 
if you if you would um, give advice to like a young young Amal that uh, sits now somewhere um, in his uh, room um, seeking for uh, for people that he can look up to, um, what what would you advise him if he would want to do a, a similar r a road that that you took? Mm, what would I say to little Amal? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe just be i think be patient a little bit and believe in your power and your own talents a bit more um believe in your qualities a bit more and be proud of that um and wear that red pride and also believe that what you think is the right thing is the right thing um for you because only you you only you know yourself listen to your gut feeling and really act act to it. Nice. Yeah. Is there anything that you had to learn the, the hard way? When I think of the things that I'm not, uh, the things that I maybe feel like I failed at or um, are probably my, 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 my studies, I think I didn't really enjoy that actually. <laughs> so it's taken me very long to graduate. Um, so I just kept failing classes and I had to like retake them. And, um, yeah, I think if you want to succeed at something, you have really have to put in <laughs> the work. Um, and even if it's something that you don't really like doing, if you want to succeed, you, you have to do it anyway. But I think also maybe the lesson that I, that I learned from that is not everything, um, is the right path for you, for everyone. I mean, when I started studying, I started I went to university, um, which seemed like a very logical choice at the time because I, because I was just because I was just always told that that was the best option. Like the university is like the best thing you can do. It's like the highest form of education. Um, but looking back, I don't think um, that type of education was best suited for me personally. Um, so I think if I could make other choices. I would probably choose something else. I would probably mm. choose like journalism or something. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, all all um, path leads to Rome, right? So in the end, uh, like it's maybe not the most conventional path, but maybe, uh, yeah, I think all the decisions that you made also brought you to this, uh, to this destination in the end, right? No, that's very true. That's very true. So we are now also almost entering the year 2023. You just said 2022 was super successful. Um, what do you want to do a lot more of in 2023? I mean, I hope I get to present more. Um, I really love that. And I also just, besides, you know, wanting to accomplish things, I also just really want to work on my craft and, and get better at it. I think I the only way to get better at presenting and being in front of a camera is um, by doing it. <laughs> so I hope I get um, lots of opportunities to practice it. Uh, and to hopefully tell more stories and um, tell other people's stories that maybe uh, deserve to be heard. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, almost last question. Uh, we always have some some standardized question um, in, in the end. Um, but before that, I would like to ask you also, um, do you already know what kind of role model do you want to be? Like, is there already like a clear plan or something that is like this is who I want to be and this is what I want to represent 
Yeah, I, I just hope when people look at me, I hope, um, I hope in, I inspire them to be their most authentic self, 100%. Um, that you don't always have to dress the way that maybe you feel like you, you're supposed to or talk the way that you're supposed to or express the way you're supposed to express yourself. Um, so I just hope, you know, that people feel like they can be themselves when they're around me or in general. But I hope I, I, hope I inspire people to be themselves. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, because I feel like I would have loved to have heard that when I was growing up. Mm. That it's not only okay to be yourself, but actually better to be yourself. Because we often feel like, oh, if I act this way, then people are going to accept me or people are going to like me if I act this way. But I've just learned that people like it when you are yourself. (laughs) Even if that feels weird, even if you feel weird, if you are 100% confidently weird, and people are going to like that because people just like authenticity. Yeah, and if not, then they're not the right people as well, right? So that's also like a good lesson that if people don't accept you for who you are and if you have to constantly be your be someone else then probably it's also not the right uh, environment that you should be in exactly and also if like it mess it, it it matters less if other people don't accept you because if you are yourself and you're confident and you're you feel um comfortable with being you then it doesn't really matter if other people don't like you because mm. you like you and that's really the only person that should has to like you exactly <laughs> awesome um thank you so much for yeah, for everything. I mean, it was, uh, I think, incredibly inspiring to listen to uh, how you went from uh, shy Amal to uh, <laughs> being on, on uh, national television in the Netherlands uh, interviewing uh, celebrities. Uh, I think until now a really steep career. Uh, I would call you definitely a role model. Uh, I, g- I will give you the stamp now so that you're verified uh, through your <laughs> own podcast, verified. Um, before we leave off, um, always the same three questions to every guest. And the first one is, um, what are you not very good at right now and you want to become better at? Well, I'm not very good at balancing a lot of things at the same time. I want to get better at that. I want to be more punctual and get up early. (laughs) (laughs) Train. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, What name would you give this chapter of your life? This chapter. Ooh, I like that. The start of something new. To quote High School Musical. (laughs) (laughs) And if you could send the SMS to all mobile phones in the world, what would you say? Let love rule. (laughs) (laughs) Let love rule. Beautiful words to end this podcast. Amal, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. Uh, I think we will see a lot more from you in the future. Um, Keep on doing cool things. And yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it for inviting me. It means a lot. Awesome. Thank you for talking to me. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the 301 podcast again. As with every episode, we also turn this episode into an NFT that you can buy. And this time, Amal decided to give the proceeds of this charity to the LGBT Asylum Support to provide support for LGBT plus refugees in the Netherlands. A fantastic cause and you can support this cause by buying an NFT. And of course, it is not only helping others but you also join a creative community and you will get a digital collectible from this episode we are back with a new episode shortly 
Until then, take care. Yours truly, Marcus 